Hey there, ghouls, gals, creeps, and mutants. The Undead Matt here. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to give you a heads up that this one's going to be talking about some pretty heavy stuff today. So trigger warning is in order. Um, we are going to be talking about things such as home invasion, sexual abuse, murder, and torture. If any of these things are something that trigger you, please take care when going through this episode today. With that in mind, though, let's go ahead and jump into it. It's the summer of 1985 in LA, California. The nights are just as hot as the day in one of the worst heat waves the city has ever seen. You and your significant other are getting ready for bed. You decide to leave your window open to hopefully cool off for the night. Just before you fall asleep, you feel a presence in your room. You open your eyes to see a tall figure with rotting teeth wearing all black and holding a 22 pistol at the foot of your bed. The last thing you hear is... Hail Satan. Welcome everyone back to the Punk Rock Horror Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Cody. And today we're here to remind you that if you're still stuck inside or not getting a lot of hours, <laughs> but if you have the funds available to go and uh, invest in your local board game shop and get a new board game, you would be surprised the amount of fun you can actually have when just diving into to the traditions of tabletop uh, board games. Oh yeah, I so, agree. Yeah, we got a, a, a Especially one. Especially if you have another person in your house right possibilities are endless or if for some reason you do live with older folks and they're like video games or your movies aren't like their taste you could totally get a board game and still kind of like do something that you enjoy and get them in on something spending quality time with you keep it in mind hopefully you have folks that are good at keeping their emotions under check <laughs> when it comes to playing certain board games because uh no, fuck you grandma where'd you get the pink 50s <laughs> <laughs> we, well we got this one called betrayal house on a hill and i've been playing it with a lot of people originally got it for me and my my parents and yeah to play with and you know all of us and now i'm letting now i'm having more of my friends play it and it's a it's a sweet ass game if just real quick if any of our listeners have never played or, or heard of it betrayal house on a hill is all about you picking cliche heroes so like the jock or the smart kid or mm, like you know or the professor you know or whatever the hot girl yeah and so you navigate this uh mansion but you every every door you go into is a different tile you draw which leads you into either an omen event or an item and it's really just a badass game man um like a lot of people have been having fun with it my parents care for it Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I'm burping. My parents care about it. They love the shit of it. Like, they actually keep asking me to bring it up and play it with them. But I can definitely see that they get really annoyed with it. Because, <laughs> like, because it has, like, somewhat D&D mechanics where you have to do save rolls and whatnot. Yeah. And that's not really, like, D&D. Like, you know, it's not only in D&D. It's in other No, brands, but that's, but... like, where most people are going to know it from. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. That's where kind of, I feel like it originated from. Yeah, and then you have to, like, fought, fight a boss. And there's, like, always a random way it's picked so it's never the same boss it's always so like because the whole premise of the board game is that it's a different game each time you play it yeah and for a lot of time for for the most part it really is like it's really fun i've enjoyed it it's a fun little horror board game and like you can totally be theatrical with it and it's like up to six players it's awesome so cool yeah, yeah it's I just, want to try it. Yeah, I, I know you love it. I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to get a game night uh, or uh, together so you can actually make it. I know, man. Like, honestly, just like for me, it's just I get it. work, dude. <laughs> Jesus goddamn Christ. Like, holy did. shit. Yeah. Um, 
But jumping into it, talking <laughs> about games, um, I think we should definitely talk about our horror game for this round of uh, the podcast for this episode. And so I've been working, thinking about it because uh, because uh, obviously if you listeners who are listening to this are like, wait a minute, I don't even know what the theme is. So <laughs> if you can tell, if you can tell our habits at this point, usually when there isn't a LPC listener participation corner or where we're not doing call-ins, is because we're talking about a serial killer, one in particular. I, I'm gonna let Cody intro it once we're done, but yeah. I, I don't want to give it well, away. I would also just when we do our uh, no, yeah, no, totally serial killers. I was about to say, oh, I don't know, what about bio when we do our history biographies? And I was like. It's fucking idiot we did Stephen King and everyone <laughs> said the Stephen King book <laughs> we'll want to, want to do it we'll to do another one yeah no I do I want to do one on um oh my god I can't believe it. I just forgot his name <sighs> that I'm, I'm literally that, that I know was, I'm literally having a me. brain fart so hard right now Koontz? like is it Dean Koontz is it Koontzy no, it's not Coonsy. <laughs> Even though I'd like to do one on Dean Coons. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Never mind. I'll, I'll think of it later, and I'll bring it up. But I'll, there's another... Oh, no. Fucking... One I've been wanting to do, what we're going to have to do one... Uh, I want to do dive deep into the Cecil Hotel. The, oh, as a, oh, okay. Yeah, as I thought a topic. you were talking why I was about authors, of, so that's why I was like, are you talking about Dean Koontz? No, but no, I wasn't talking about authors. I was just like, because we did H.P. Lovecraft, we did Stephen King, and like, I liked all those, But I, and I love doing our biographies of people, but yeah. I kind of want to do like a haunted place this time. That's not like, you know, the, uh, the haunting in uh, Connecticut and shit like that or right. the the house from the conjuring and stuff you know well-renowned houses like that i want to do something like big like yeah, that yeah. <laughs> like where it's like super creepy coincidences and stuff because like it's funny enough the serial killer we talked about today was a frequent flyer there well if you want you can talk about you can mention what we're talking oh, about no, today wait and until then... after the game okay so you can wait okay all right all right righty then because that's what he liked to do <laughs> he liked to wait. He he liked to wait and watch and yeah, and, true. Like, and have all the like. He loved to watch like the the horror in the people's eyes and stuff like that. So yeah. now we we get to sit here and have the listeners wait and horror of who it is. Right. <laughs> um. All right. So with who we're talking about, part mm-hmm. of his mo does have to deal with satanism Mm -hmm. and so i was thinking i was like what is a fun game we could play that's like that that isn't like too edgelord but also (laughs) isn't like too just like you know over the top like what could it be i love that name edgelord (laughs) (laughs) i'm just sitting the fuck out of that this is great what would you what would you sell to the devil to get what you wanted that's the game bro What would I sell? No, that's not that's, that's not actually the game. No. I know someone who I'd sell. <laughs> I know I know a couple people. I'd be like, you know, they they'd be right up your alley, man. Just I just want my bubble gum. <laughs> I don't even chew gum. All right. So uh, here, so here's what I thought about it. So if you if you entertain this for a moment, uh, if you want to play this game with people you work with or at home. <laughs> Do it in a way so it doesn't seem sacrilegious, I guess, or whatever, if that's your thing. I, I'm trusting that if you're doing it, you're doing Replace it. Replace Satanism with Santaism. <laughs> then they'll think it's Christmas. 
<laughs> all right so satan's a busy dude he's like yo cody i you know i just got all these souls i need to take care of dog like i need torturing up the yin yang in itself is a torture for myself but hey that's why i'm the big man that's why i'm in the chair but i'm having trouble focusing i've been pulling a 60 hour shift this week <laughs> like he gets a day off <laughs> <laughs> it is hell but I'm, Ah. All right. So he's like, Cody, I need you to be my dog. I need you to do this for me. In the name of me, I need you to go to the grocery store and pick up these items. But because he writes in Old Sumerian, you can't de decipher what it is. Uh -huh. So you have to pick five items from the grocery store that, that you think Satan is wanting you to pick up for him. So what would they five. be? Five. They got to be two food and... Too liquid, but you can change out the liquid okay. with like uh, another miscellaneous thing. And then a dessert, I'm guessing. Oh no, two miscellaneous. So, so you get, so yeah, so you have a, uh, so it's gonna be five items. So it's okay. two food. Okay. Uh, it's gonna be a liquid. Uh huh. And then two miscellaneous. Okay. So let's do it like that. All right. Instead. So food wise, if I'm going to the grocery store for him, I'm going going to guess he's gonna want some steak. Because, no, you know what? Fuck it. He wants to piss everyone else. I bet he's a vegan. I'm like, fucker. <laughs> then in that case, you know what? Yeah, no, I'd bring him a steak. Then I'd be like, here. <laughs> you have sharp teeth. I didn't know you were vegan. When he gets I didn't know that oh, he stopped man. at cruelty when it came to animals. He's like, yeah, I'm saying I'm not a dick. <laughs> Look at that cow. Tell me he's not cute. <laughs> Why do you think I tell people to not kill cows? <laughs> they are fucking adorable. Is that why you like being a goat? Because you're badass vegan? <laughs> Look, I asked you to get my groceries. Okay. <laughs> and then probably, you know, what to go with that. Just, you know, let's see. Corn. Because it's fire. Everyone loves fire roasted corn. Okay. Who can't say no to that? He's a vegan after all. All right. At least you can eat that. There you go. <laughs> Liquid wise, tea. I bring him some tea. He needs some calm down. You know, chill out there, Edge Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a nice, a nice cup of chamomile, chamomile tea. Apparently, you were working sixty-hour weeks here, so yeah, you need to relax, relax man. Every, everyone needs that. Um, and then miscellaneous wise. Uh, I probably you grab... Got, you gotta pick two miscellaneous. Yeah, two. So I, I got two. Um, I guess I'd probably then grab some whipped cream, just so he's like, ooh? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what'd you get this for? And then a balloon. A balloon? And a balloon. Why a balloon? Because then I could be like, see, look, Satan, now you got this balloon, you blow it up, you put the whipped cream on there, and then you have to have your people try and shave it. You know what would be funnier? <laughs> Without popping it. And if they pop it, you beat the fuck out of them because you're Satan. <laughs> See, it works. It works. There. You get See, your own little torture. I think I've kind of earned this promotion. Yeah. I was like, now can I, you know, get out of the seventh layer to the sixth? <laughs> I mean... It's a, I can just see it. So you're telling me, <laughs> if I put shaving cream on this inflated balloon... That I can beat the shit out of them if they don't pop it. No, if they pop it. They have to shave the balloon without popping it. This is... And you know, I want you to inflate... The, uh, show me this. Show, and then, like, he does, like, the whole thing, right? <laughs> like, you, you do the balloon, you put shaving cream on it. He's like, okay, this doesn't seem to be sore. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and it's health, so he's not gonna have a shaver. He's gonna use a sharp rock. Just That's pop. the point. And then the whipped cream gets in his face, and I run away. <laughs> God, <you> bitch! <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your chamomile. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's chamomile, you bastard. <laughs> Justin Timberlake says it better. <laughs> What about you? All right. Huh? So I like how you. I, uh, I I don't know what it says about our thought processes, but mine, <laughs> mine was definitely a little bit more dickish, I guess, technically. I was like, well, it's because I work in a kitchen, which is like hell, and this week has been hell, and I'm like, you know what, chamomile tea sounds nice. So I would. <laughs> so what I would do is I would get uh, twelve cartons of eggs, mm-hmm. like or a carton of twelve eggs. I mean, twelve cartons of eggs. That's all I would oh, get. You know what? That would work. Twelve it's, cartons of eggs. Here you go, man. <laughs> Just start drawing draw them. He gets hit with 12, and then he's like, are you done? Oh, man, I got 11 more. <laughs> Don't you think my ideas are excellent? <laughs> and then rips off my skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but no. like you said you like it sunny side up, right? <laughs> and so I was like, well, so I got you these carton of eggs, but because you're Satan... I figured you wouldn't like them traditional. And he's like, what do you mean? Opens them and just like takes an egg, cracks it, nothing comes out. It's like, <laughs> did you did you buy me a full carton of unhindered eggshells? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> I can see you like, no, they they were full. But I, but I emptied them. I had to poke a hole with them. It was a thing. I, I took care of it. I figured you're Satan, and this is something that you would like. Mm-hmm. So so my next food item I got for you, you're going to love this one. I found it in the dumpster behind the store. It is molded <laughs> cottage cheese. And, he, and he's just like... I'm saying you're not a fucking raccoon. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not a rodent. <laughs> and you would be like, you have a tail, rodent has a tail. <laughs> and might I recall, almost every movie about Satanism has like molded something in it, right? Yeah. It's usually food. Quacks like a duck, looks like a duck, so, it's a goose. So you, here you go, <laughs> and he's just like, is he fucking stupid? <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's like, okay, well, did you tell me you got me something to drink that makes sense. Well, it made sense to me. <laughs> so I got you a bottle of Frank's Red Hot Sauce. Get it? You're, you're saying it's hot in here. Because I thought water would be against what you drink. It could be holy water. I thought you would. I thought that might be a trigger because <laughs> you know religion, <laughs> baptisms. I couldn't bring you wine because that's apparently the blood of Christ. And he's just like, so you, so you would think that I instead enjoy a sodium-filled. Hot sauce as a drink. Well, you can see why I thought that because I also got you eggshells, so I figured that the hot sauce would help get rid of the taste of the eggshells and the moldy cottage cheese. Yeah. Frank's Red Hot, man, you put it, that shit on everything. Yeah, and so <laughs> I got you the big. Bo- I didn't have to, but I got you the big <laughs> bottle. So I mean, I can see that you're still taking it in. You don't have to thank me now, but I'm just like I know you're Satan, but I don't think you're that rude. I mean, you know, it's nothing. It's not here. Let me show you the miscellaneous stuff I got you. <laughs> no, then, <laughs> I guess you seem at that point just go no. You're gonna like it. You're really gonna like it. So remember how that dude um, 
originally got you a balloon with shaving cream to use as a torture device. <laughs> He's like, don't tell me you got me more, right? I'm like, no. Nah. Instead, I actually got you just shavers and shaving cream because I noticed you could use a little trim, and I thought you would like that a little bit more. And then you know he would be like, I could use the shaver on the balloon. <laughs> but it also, he would just be like, why would you think that I care? I, I am the lord of the underworld. They have to say I look good. And I'm like, see, that's what I mean, dog. They're never going to tell you when you're off game. You see? So if anything, I'm kind of being like a bro right now. I'm telling I'm, you, you need to shave you need, your face. You need to shave. Your Clean nipples off. are excessively hairy. <laughs> yes. Like... I mean, do as dudes, we normally have somewhat hairy nipples, but yours, man, it's like a, it's like a forest within a forest. <laughs> like, if, I'm pretty sure if I put my face in it, I'm gonna be lost forever. <laughs> and then, like, they're gonna find a video of me standing down in like this basement cellar, like nodding in a corner or some shit. Actually, I could just see more lines. Like, if I put my face in that, I'd be lost forever. He's like, yeah, well, now you are. It's in my mouth. <laughs> And then, at this point, he'd probably just so annoyed and done with it. He'd just be like, be like I, I, do I even want to see what the last thing you got me is? And I'm just like, no. And then he turns away, and then, like, a squirt of water hits his face. <laughs> and he's like, I swear to God, if I turn around and I see water guns in your hands, I am going to shove scorpions up your dick hole. <laughs> and I'm just going to be like, but then afterwards, you're going to want to play, like, cops and robbers with water guns, right? <laughs> Except that's when I would see him go, so you got me water guns, but not water to drink. Well, I figured you could put the hot sauce in the <laughs> water guns. Huh? <laughs> there you go. There, you, And now you can shoot people you're torturing with Frank's red hot sauce. In guess their what? eyes. Because that shit goes good on anything. <laughs> I got you. And then stab. <laughs> That's when he stabs you. And then, and then me and you both come back to life in the hospital beds, and just and they're gonna be looking at us and be like, "You guys are supposed to be gone. You were like in severe comas. How are you alive?" And Cody's just you're just gonna look and be like, and "Like Matt's pure ignorance to a grocery list saved us." <laughs> You know how you get frustrated with Matt? Well, guess what? He pissed off Satan. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't think you get more annoying than that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look, you can disagree with my methods, but my results speak for themselves. Yeah, like, so if you don't want to stay down there, just royally annoy him. Don't piss him off. Annoy. Just be annoying. Like... <laughs> purposely misunderstand the point <laughs> every time every single time yep every that, time that works <laughs> like you know why 2020 is bad i'm gonna kind of take the fall for that i kind of misheard when he said keep the gates closed <laughs> i thought you meant open i A swear job. to god i heard him say keep the the gates askew I said, I swear to God, he said, keep it open if needed. Like, <laughs> I, I swear, I don't know why he would say it either, but hey, man, I'm not going to deserve he was saying, you know, I'm in his territory. Yeah. Like, I fucking, I, I don't know if there's a big enough red hot sauce to get him to forgive me. And like, he just like, inscribes a message on the hospital wall. I fucking hate red, red hot sauce. I'm a Cholula man. <laughs> 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 and there you go. And then the hospital staff would be like, you're never allowed here again. <laughs> I'm a patient. 
<laughs> you have to find a different hospital. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. This will be the 50th one. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't want to know how many times I've actually pissed him off, and he keeps wondering why, why I'm back down there. 2020 is probably my fault. Yeah. I, I did a lot of annoying things. <laughs> you pissed him off enough where he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Disease. <laughs> and everybody can ask you, Matt, why the world's falling apart. <laughs> it's because you gave me a fucking water gun. Who gets just empty eggshells? <laughs> why would you put in that much time? <laughs> I would just be sitting there like, I at least got him a steak. And I can see you go, he's fucking vegan. That's why I got him the shells. Bro, cottage cheese? Come on. You just, you take the shells, crumble them up, put them in the moldy cottage cheese, put some Frank's Red Hot on there and just. Do vegans eat cottage cheese? See, again, I'm misleading. misleading. (laughs) Do they? (laughs) They do when it's molded. Okay. I I don't don't know. know. I don't think they do. I don't think so. I'm positive they don't. I don't know. If you're vegan, I guess let us know. (laughs) I don't care enough to really look into it. Yeah. Because that's your thing, not my thing. I I miss the time when vegans were the most annoying thing. Yeah. I miss the time when it was just flat earthers. Like, not to make it sound bad, like, respecting <laughs> vegans and just the fact that you can do that, seriously. Yeah, But no. there was a hot point where vegans were getting a lot of flack, man. Well, okay. It and it mo- just seemed like such a simpler time. It, it did. <laughs> I liked it when we were able to scream at, at the, like, the hardcore dumb vegans, I'm going to call them, where they would, like, not feed their cats or dogs yeah. or... There's, a, there's one lady animals. who... Yeah, there's a lady who had a pet fox, and she only... And she refused to let it eat meat. That's right. that's where it was too yeah, far. Right. But if you're, just, if you're cool and you're a vegan, good on you. Yeah, if, if you're cool. Yeah. However, we would dictate... Uh, I know two vegans, and they're really cool, so... Okay, well, there you go. That's, that's why I like to shit out of that, those, because they're friends. <laughs> you've earned that. You've yeah. earned our poo. Yeah. <laughs> that was... I miss those times. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably a shirt that won't be bought, is you've earned our poo. <laughs> you know what? Someone would buy it. <laughs> you, there's someone who would actually buy that, but they would actually be carrying around poo and say, I earned this. <laughs> I feel like it'd be very popular in certain kink you know, circles. <laughs> did you earn this poo? Yes, mistress. <laughs> <laughs> you know I did. I'm always earning that shit. <laughs> So it's horror articles, it's what it is. We're just talking about what's happening in horror that interests us and might interest you as well. A lot of different things coming out, you know, that, I mean, it's just like with the epidemic, man. Like there's some yeah. great things for horror that are coming out that are like, oh, okay, cool, this is really decent timing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, again, we keep talking about it, just like the pandemic putting, you know, the kibosh on a lot of releases and what have you. One of the biggest things that we've been stressed about as horror fans and other horror fans across the nation who are listening to us can relate is the fact of, is Halloween going to actually be a thing? (laughs) You know, are there going to be haunted houses? Are there going to actually be new Halloween movies coming out? Not, you know, can we go even do trick-or-treating? What, you know, and like, there's a real concern about that because Halloween is just one of the best, if not the best, holidays ever. In our opinion, it is the best. I mean, if y'all wore your masks, we'd be able to do Halloween. (laughs) 
So, um, <laughs> with that in mind, within the spirit that nothing can truly cancel Halloween, there's actually a new kind of experience coming to Orlando this October. What it goes by is called The Haunted Road, which promises a new, completely contactless Halloween experience filled with twisted creatures, immersive theatrical storyline, and blood curdling encounters. All right, so let me explain so, this to you, Cody. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, you need to do it before I Have say you, what I was thinking. Do you know, do you know what Safari Adventure is? Yeah, yeah, where you like you driving uh through the safari yeah. in your jeeps and stuff, right. and you can let the wild animals come up to the car yeah. and stuff as long as it's not a lion. Now, despite <laughs> the ethical problems with that that I have, yeah. um, what if we took that out and made it horror actors instead? So, like the strip clubs. Yeah, but <laughs> less, you know, skank. Well, more no, family I friendly. Say, I, I guess would say just sense. as skanky with all the blood. Nothing against the strip clubs. You, you guys are doing your thing. That's your thing. Yeah. So I wouldn't even use the word skank. I would use. Yeah. I would use advantageous because if I, I would I, I would, would I would take advantage of men that way. I feel like I would, and it also isn't really taking advantage if you think about it. No. It's just like more power. But anyways. Yeah. Again, Coming back to you it. do you. Yeah, no so as guests drive through each nightmare scene, they'll be immersed into ghastly rendition of an untold story of Rapunzel as she journeys into a world of disarray, faces, and blood-curdling creatures, and hundreds of shocking scares. And so, kind of give you a little more idea about this, what, is, what this whole thing is, is so Halloween Horror Nights, for starters, was canceled, uh, as reported by Bloody Disgusting as well, um, this year, and, you know, trick-or-treating is kind of, you know, coming up, and again, we're not sure if that's going to be canceled, but some haunters are getting creative and finding this new way to bring scares to you. Um, and in Orlando, they are having this drive-through attraction, which is called the Haunted Road. Again, it's guests driving through each nightmarish scene, and they'll be immersed in this really ghastly rendition of an untold story of Rapunzel as she journeys into a world of disarray. Basically, you get the comfort of being in your car, Mm -hmm. without having to worry about getting sick and also just you get to experience a haunted house so if you were in orlando if you're in florida uh just so you know this is what's happening if you want to make so a trip to orlando <laughs> you can go ahead and do that and if you want to audition uh they are still uh, auditions will be held in august over at thehauntedroad.com and you can learn more there and just sign up for the newsletter also what's it called the haunted road yeah it's the okay ha not gonna road. lie when you said in orlando florida the haunted road uh, <laughs> is gonna be a drive-through like horror experience i was like oh so we're going to drive through a hot spot and just, like, hope everyone doesn't cough on the car. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. But I know, like, it's a little... It's just I kid. It's just because Florida is literally insane. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a hot spot right now. And it's now. a hot spot. Sorry. We love you. All of our listeners in Florida, we love you. Stay and safe. We love you, okay? We're just we're just talking about the facts that are out yeah. there. Not, don't and get us also, wrong. I just like taking jabs at Florida because Florida can take a jab. Yeah, it's Florida, Florida man. Florida, it's its own fucking Florida, country. Florida, Let's be honest. Florida's pretty gangster. It's its own thing. It can do its own thing. Yeah. It always does anyway. The emphasizing the R on gangster definitely was like a little sign of my, my whiteness. Out. <laughs> I, <should've... laughs> I said gangster. You were like gangster. Those gangsters <laughs> with their rap and hip hop yeah. music. <laughs> um. So, but with that in mind, you know, obviously the one holiday that comes up after you know freaking halloween that isn't thanksgiving it is most notably known as christmas right yeah. so Yay. with that in mind we I have say krampus knock 
Rogue. There you go. Um, <laughs> talking about it, though, you know, we talked about Gremlins coming out with a new prequel, talking mm-hmm. about what's happening, you know, with uh, that whole universe. Well, more Gremlin news is, well, this, Funko is actually coming out with its own holiday Havoc game called Gremlins Holiday Havoc. And it is <laughs> a card cool. game. Yeah, it's coming out on September 30th. And so in addition to this, is there's going to be a countdown calendar from Jack Specific that's available right now on their website, I believe. The Gremlins have gone from cute Christmas gift pets to mini monsters causing havoc around town, and you must stop them. Flip over cards to reveal favorite creatures from the classic movie. If you see a match, pounce fast to score. But beware, other players are on the prowl. Whatever you do, don't get them wet or your chance of losing multiplies. As described as what you're going to experience with the game, it's a fast-paced card-slapping action and frenetic fun for the whole family. Card illustrations feature 10 different gremlin images, plus the iconic gizmo, of course, contains five location cards inspired by the movie, including Dory's Tavern. Game oh, con- cool. Right? Game contents are 50 gremlin cards, five gizmo cards, four multiply cards, five location cards, one sunrise card, and then obviously instructions. Mm-hmm. And then the game details itself, family card game, ages eight and up for three to five players with about 15 minutes of gameplay per round. I recommend you go over to Blade Discussing and check it out yourself because they do have images. And yeah, man, it's just this really kind of like cool, really comic style drawn for the cards of each of the Gremlin characters. If you could ever make like chicken noodle soup sponsored by Gremlins and put into a card <laughs> game, it looks kind of like comforting in that type of way. You feel me? Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm all down for that. Talking about also with, like, all the weird, sh- you know, weird shit kind of happening before with, like, actors that being in horror films that we wouldn't really imagine being in one, mm-hmm. i.e. Ke- Kevin, Kevin James. Smith. Yeah, Kevin James. Kevin I almost James. said Kevin we Smith, do, we, I was like, he does we, a lot of horror. Yeah, we, 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 trip, on the, we trip up on that equally. Yeah. Well, another one uh, actor that I've never really imagined to be in a horror film, uh, but... I'm kind of surprised it never had because he kind of has the demeanor for it. Russell Crowe, starring thriller Unhinged, uh, has sadly been moved to late August theatrical releases. So Solstice Studios has shifted the release date of their Russell Crowe starring thriller Unhinged. On a few occasions, most recently setting it for this coming weekend for July 31st, but obviously they are not doing that in our stead setting it for August 21st. And so what's interesting is just from Solstice has noted is that, you know, we know that theaters won't be open in every city or county when we launch. However, we anticipate that the vast majority of movie theaters will be open and ready to meet what nationwide polls consistently show is substantial pent-up audience demand to see new movies in in theaters. (laughs) Um, So just coming... It's just trying to be, I know we can't be, we got to try to be unbiased with, you yeah. know, reporting on the stuff, but if I, if I risk our credibility a little bit here, I, I'm a little against that, not going to lie, just because I feel like that kind of adds to the mentality that we all have right now mm-hmm. with being so, like, if you're anti-mask, you're also, you know, you can also be anti-COVID vaccine, yeah. and though, you know, there's like, this just mentality being really resistant against well, it, everything opening up and having a movie theater, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love going to the movie theater, yeah. I love that atmosphere, I love it when it's a good horror film, and there's not a lot of people there, and it's just like close friends. Oh yeah, like, when we saw The Invisible man yeah that was perfect yeah like i love that but you know i'm agreeing here that i think you know that shit needs to be locked down i'm not trying to like take away from anyone that has to work but it's just like i don't know man um i'm a little nervous about that i hope they're right i hope 
you know, maybe we get lucky and, and, and it's okay to do stuff like that. But uh, if, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. If, you know, plan for uh, August 21st to see when this movie comes out. Uh, again, to, to remind you, the plot of it, Unhinged takes an ordinary everyday incident to its most terrifying conclusion in telling the story of Rachel, played by Karen uh, Pistorius, a mother who learn, who leans on her on her horn at the wrong time to the wrong guy, who is played by Russell Crowe. Road Rage doesn't begin to describe what he is about to do to her and everyone she knows. We'll see how it goes. Again, I, I would rather things be good than bad. I would rather yeah. be wrong than right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? Okay, so I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those uh, on the, like, a little bit on the wagon of, like, I do want, would like to have more new content and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm kind of also, like, there's so much fucking shit I haven't watched or played, like, anything. Like, just yeah. because there's always new stuff coming out all the freaking time. I'm like, yeah. you know what? This is the perfect time to, like, for people to wind down, catch up on the stuff they never were able to. Right, and, right. like, I I feel like that's also, to, to me, that's been a way for me to find a sense of myself again. Is by going back and finding all the new, like, the old things that I used to play or watch and getting really into them. Like, I've been on a really weird binge of watching early 2000 movies and just seeing like that style I'm like oh, fuck i remember that right. <laughs> like it's been happy like i've been listening to a lot of old music and stuff that that came out around that time and bands that i totally forgot about that i used to listen to a lot back then like right. combi christ and right. like i i think it's nice like being able like everyone has been on this nostalgia train this is the perfect time to right. go back to the actual nostalgia, yeah. like and re and revisit all those instead of worrying about new stuff. As much as I would like new stuff, I'm enjoying living in the past of finding those things, like that way. So, right. so yeah, that's kind of where I'm. Not at much too. else is known at the moment, so we'll we'll see what happens with that. But yeah. coming back to the theme of board games, um, you if your ears to the ground in the board game community, you might have already heard of this coming out. But if not, this is going to be news to you, since it feels like it's mostly news to me, really. We told you recently back in April that the Friday 13th franchise was getting official board game. Says the website, a bloody disgusting, as reported by John Squires himself. But to go on to it a little bit more and put our own little spin on it, they were the the team behind the board game for Friday the 13th, which is which is called Horror at Camp Crystal Lake, is out now, and it's from uh, the company called uh, the OP. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's a pressure luck survival game that puts you and your friends in the roles of camp counselors and a face off with the hockey masked murderer for an intense five nights endure that <clears throat> you must endure the suspense and win by gathering the most valuable supplies or finding safety as others lose everything with unexpected hitches the whole way. You need to reach into a closed camp bag to secure an axe, keys, clev cleaver, gas tank, flashlight, or a frying pan and keep them on your person, but be careful. Jason tokens that represent his encounters are also inside, and ends up with two of them drop, uh, and ending up with two of them drops the proverbial hammer on your place in the game. Players continue stockpiling supply tokens, backstabbing fellow counselors with fear cards, and vying for additional bonuses until one person makes it through with the most points. You get to pick from a choice of six characters: the nice guy, the diva, the jock, the nerd, the partier, and of course. The final girl. Um, <laughs> that's like the game you have. I know, right? <laughs> so I was like, hey, man, 
man, I already played a game like this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that literally sounds like it. However, they all have uh, their own different purposes in this game. <laughs> so, for example, the jock is a gift of brawn to brain. It's always an athlete who steps in to set all physical score, whereas... Uh, the you know the nice guy whose strangely comforting purpose is just to make every sh- make sure everyone is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? Uh, every turn gives you the choice to draw from the camp bag, put a card into play, or return to the cabin where you can safely bank points, or others can pull you out to continue the fight. Just hope that you have the escape tokens to fend off Jason and make it out alive. Friday the 13th, Horror at Camp Crystal Lake is for three to six players, ages 17 and up, and runs for $29.99 uh, US currency. Cool. So it's a, yeah, man. That's actually I, not bad price for a board game. Oh, too. yeah, uh, yeah, dude. I fucking, I'm totally down for that for sure. I, I, I want to get it. I just want to play it and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. It sounds fun to me. I mean, it's 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 Friday Thirteenth board game, man. It's yeah. like it's one of the best ways you can like get kids into it who are the age of. I guess it says seventeen enough, but let's be realistic. There's people that are gonna have kids that are like thirteen playing it. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a board game, man. Well, ending on some more cool news and some more Kickstarter type stuff. So take it with a grain of salt if you're kind of against Kickstarter. So sixty forty. <laughs> <laughs> so take it with how much ever salt you feel at that point. But however, there is actually a new dinosaur survival horror game called Goner, which is launching on Kickstarter next month. So launching on Kickstarter on August fourth, Goner tells the story of Anthony Sunder when Anthony's mother goes missing on a mysterious island. He then chooses to decide to go there himself and sort out the mystery surrounding his mother. However, upon the arrival of the island, Anthony does find out that the island itself is full of people out for his blood and also inhabited by dinosaurs. Ooh. Um, so uh, not much is known right now. There is a trailer out for it, and uh, what they're what the what the company local players, which is they're the production company, the developers, mm-hmm. they're wanting to differentiate Goner from other survival focused games by mostly focusing on the story instead, um, and they're hoping if it goes really well, that they'll be able to actually get the get the game also on VR. That'd be kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, like I said... See Velociraptor bite my face in VR. Ah! That's what I always wanted. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, I mean, it, to me, from what it sounds like, it's kind of like a mixture of Outlast, but with dinosaurs yeah. mixed into it. I guess, and, yeah. And I'd, I'm pre- I'd, that'd be fun. I'm pretty down for that. Yeah, I'd be down um, for Alien Isolation with dinosaurs. Yeah, that'd ab- absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, like I said, not much else is known about it. The Kickstarter is going live here on August 1st. So at the time of this recording in three days, so by the time you're already listening to us, it should be up and available. So if you want to be a part of this, you want to get on this, go ahead go head over to the now. It's called Goner, again, G-O-N-E-R. That's what's happening in horror for this week. Some really cool stuff. I'm enjoying the shit out of it. Dinosaurs and everything just, yeah, man, gremlins. All the board Gremlins, games. All the little monsters. Russell Crowe, I guess. And yeah, Russell Crowe. <laughs> Honestly, I'm actually surprised he's not in more horror. Yeah. Like, I feel like he'd be a good horror actor. Like a good villain. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know? That's what I was saying. Him, same with Gerard Butler. I'm actually surprised he didn't do more horror stuff. Because like, if, have you ever seen him in, um, oh my God, it's that one with Jamie Foxx. I, I think it's called American Fugitive. But anyways, so now we're going to dive into meat. We're going to talk about a serial killer. A really crazy serial killer. And if you couldn't really guess from all the... Uh, law-abiding citizen. Law-abiding citizen. That was the one. American Fugitive was... Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I was going to bug me. So, 
the person we're going to talk about today, if you didn't guess from the sat Satan stuff that we were talking about earlier, we're talking about the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. Dun, dun, dun. And one, so... I, uh, I I knew, like, quite a little bit about him and everything before this, like, and I've heard his story a lot, but, like, every time I re-learn re about him, like, it always bugs the shit out of me about this guy because he had no moral compass, like, whatsoever. Completely out the window. Okay, so, but there's one thing that always bugs me with this guy, and I'll talk about it at the end. It's it's one of the taglines that they, that they have with him. Let's start, I'll go all the way back to February 29th, 1960. In El Paso, Texas, and this that is the birth date of Richard Ramirez. He is the youngest of five children to Mexican immigrants. To, so he is one of the first. He's a first-born American citizen of it. Okay. Uh, but all of his siblings were born very sickly. They all had some kind of respiratory issue or some some kind of deformity. The oldest brother was completely disabled. It was, and you can kind of put that to the fact that while his mom was pregnant, she was working in like a boot factory. So she was around a lot of fumes and yeah. blues and stuff like that. While she was pregnant, she never took time off. So, well, she so while she was pregnant with Richard? All of them. Okay. All of them. She never left, and including Richard. And so that's one thing that you could actually put, you could kind of say like maybe that kind of hampered with him because he wasn't born like as a healthy baby. None of them were born healthy. And then when he was also when he was two years old, a dresser fell onto his head and he needed a lot of stitches, like gushed yeah. his head open. His father was also extremely abusive to all the kids, but it's this it's so like the thing with that is like it's the nineteen sixties. That was kind of normal. So like this is one thing that goes against the what wh who he becomes is like some people like, well, that was kind of normal back then. Like it was pretty normal to beat the shit out of your kids, you know? Well, wasn't it wasn't okay so. it wasn't okay but but it was, it was what everybody like spanking did. was definitely like normalized a lot more and just all kinds of stuff like that yeah um another thing that that some people want to try accumulate to like why he ended up becoming so messed up is because also while while they were living in texas um this was also known there was also during around the times of nuclear testing in new mexico and so somewhat attributed as the nuclear fallout would be swept up by the wind and move into El Paso and where they were living there, like the towns they were living in, like they, there was contamination, water contamination and stuff like that. Yeah. But when he was a kid, like when he was, he was pretty outgoing child. Like he had a lot of friends as a kid, like uh, his school friends at the time would say like, he's pretty normal. He was outgoing. He's very eccentric and like, and stuff like that. But what other, what they didn't know Behind the scenes is when he was around eight years old, his 14-year-old brother was sexually abused in front of him many times by uh, his 14-year-old brother's teacher. He would actually come to their house when their parents were gone and rape this boy, rape his brother. And it's actually kind of speculation, but it was never confirmed that there's a chance that Ramirez was also sexually abused by this teacher. But I would say where he started truly diving into the macabre was when he was 13, year old, 13 years old. He had a, uh, his cousin Mike return from Vietnam. He's a Vietnam vet, special forces. And he idolized, R Richard idolized this man. And so, but when he came back, he brought and showed these pictures to Richard when he was 13, budding, you know, 
hormones and everything, learning yeah. all about your sexuality and stuff. He would show him pictures of this Viet of a, a Vietnamese woman that he raped and murdered. Oh, like, geez. and showed Richard all these pictures, including one. This is going to be a super graphic episode, so... I'm going to let you know now. I should have said that beforehand a little bit more. It's okay. But we, it's Richard we, Ramirez. We also have a trigger warning. Yeah, it trigger. is super trigger. It is definitely going to be a trigger warning. One of the last pictures he showed him was the decapitated head of this Vietnamese woman, like, giving him a, a blowjob. And that was, it was like, that's, that, you, you see actual photos of that, like, real life photos, like, that's going to fuck you up. And then also, when Richard was over at Mike's house, uh, like, within these few years, Mike would, over a petty argument, shoot and kill his fiance. She he shot her in the head, and all the blood like splattered on Richard, and like and the guy ended up only serving four years in a psych ward. And so then Michael would actually be Mike would actually become really prominent in Richard's life, like and and like showing him all these things, teaching him how to be like a disgusting human being. And so his friends really noticed his behavior change freshman year of high school. They said there was just something about him that was just scary now. He was just a scary human being. He started hanging out with, like, the gang members that were, that were around then, uh, around the school and stuff like that. And he just, like, pretty much avoided all of his friends. He actually scared the shit out of them just for who he was. And then he started getting in. Then that's when he really started delving into Satanism. And he got really into hard rock, especially ACDC. Even though I don't believe metal and hard rock is a line down this road, that was the time. But in those times, they thought that, and that was just stupid, in my opinion. But he yeah. was into Satanism and all it, that. It definitely added to the stigmatism. Yes, it did. He didn't. He didn't help it. And he also would like start sleeping in the cemetery at night every now and then. And he started stealing from everyone. And so he actually gained the nickname the Thief around his neighborhood. And so. He drops out of high school when he freshman year, and he started w working for a pretty famous hotel chain. I'm gonna leave the name out. Um, <laughs> for, for their sake. <laughs> for our sake, man. I don't want any like motherfuckers. <laughs> don't be talking about hotel like that. Um, he worked for a fairly famous oh, hotel chain. <laughs> you, you can talk about it. You just can't say any bad shit about it. I also can't remember it because you, you're just stating where he worked. And so he actually had a master key to the to the rooms. He had a master key to all hotel rooms. And he would actually sneak into into female guests' rooms and watch them from their from his from their closet. Mm. Like he'd be sitting in the closet watching him. And so you can see he's already starting to to slowly build to like who he's going to become. And so his first chance at this, one night he actually he ended up sexually assaulting a guest, and in the midst of raping her, her husband comes in and sees this and nearly beats him to death. Good. Like he he you beat him and he almost died and it's like fuck if the police Good. only let them go just like ten more minutes right <laughs> you know but and like, like I didn't see anything yeah and sadly nothing came of this because the victims wanted nothing to do with them afterwards and this happens a lot and it sucks and you can't blame her I don't blame her whatsoever she would I don't blame anyone who would never want to see their, that this person that did this horrible thing to them again so it's like. You know, I, you can't be mad at her. <laughs> and so he then moved, and after this case, you know, he, like, that spooked him. He needed to get out of town because everyone's going to know who he is, what he did, and stuff like that anyway. So he then, this is when he moves to L.A. And so he moved to L.A. He had nothing. He lived his life as a drifter. He was a hitchhiker. He was homeless all his life, a drug addict. 
and also a candy addict. He fucking loved to eat candy and drink Mountain Dew. That was all he did. He did drugs, ate candy, and drink Mountain Dew. That was his nourishment. Um, and so how he would get all this, how he'd be able to do all this, though, is he would just rob people. That was his job. He'd break into people's houses and rob them. Um, and so he started escalating from that because he would break into the houses, rob. He wouldn't get caught. He also had this little ego boost by literally getting away with rape uh, back in El Paso. Yeah. And so he then started breaking and entering these people's houses, and then he started assaulting the uh, assaulting the people and then stealing the stuff, and then he started going further. Um, so his spree starts in March 17th, 1985. Ramirez attacks Maria Hernandez in her garage. She, so she pulls into her garage, and, as she, and she has two locks on her door, and as the garage door is going down, Ramirez sneaks in. Like, he hunches down, sneaks in, and his baseball cap falls off, and she hears it behind her. Just after she unlocks her first lock, turns around, sees Ramirez coming at her with a 22. This 22 is really important because it's uh, he loves the 22. He, he uses this one in his first couple murders, and then he switches and finds another 22. Mm -hmm. So he loves this gun. And he tries to shoot her, and he goes to shoot her in the face, and she, like, out of instincts, just, like, pulls her hand to her face, and miraculously, like, this is one in a million chance the bullet deflects off her fucking keys. Wow. And she just drops like she was actually shot Jesus. and just lays there. But she wasn't injured. And so, Bra sadly... Real, real, sorry, just bravo for her for, mm -hmm. for doing that. Like, yeah. Like, like, it wasn't like a heroic thing she did, but it was the smartest no, survival thing. the smartest thing. thing. Like, survival instinct kicked in, stick, play dead. But sadly, when she entered the room, she or he entered the house, she legged it to try and find help. Her roommate wasn't as lucky. Oh, no. Her roommate, Dale Okazaki, wasn't as lucky, and she was shot in the head by Ramirez, and she died. She shot her a couple times in the forehead. Yeah. Um, and so he then left the house, saw Maria in the alleyway, and, like, was about to get her, but then he just legged it because he yeah. was like, it's probably been too much time. The cops are more than likely on their way, so he legs it. He's super frustrated, though, because at this point in time, he's already been, like, kind of raping women and stuff like that. So he has that section. He's just flustered because he didn't get the chance to do that. So, and he's also mad because he didn't kill Maria. So he, he flees from here, and when he's sitting in his car, uh, a car that he steals, he sees Sai Leon Yu driving by and starts following her. And then he decides to stop following her, but she notices him, and so she follows him. <laughs> Don't do this. If someone's following you, you think someone's following you, and they turn away, and then they stop, don't follow them again. Because that... Huh. Okay. Because what happens, poor Sai Lian Yu, she follows him, he pulls over in Monterey Park, and he goes up to her car, and she starts yelling at him, like, why are you following me? He tried to say, I recognized you, and she's like, no, you didn't. Why are you following me? And she kept egging him on, and so then he pulls out his gun, and she freaks out, and he ends up pulling her out of her car and sh and then sh killing her. <laughs> ah, jeez. And uh, there was an eyewitness that saw this, but sadly didn't get enough information on him. Yeah. Um, and so there's something about Ramirez that bothered uh, the that they couldn't put a finger on him. Like they didn't. I feel like there's a lot of things that about Ramirez that well, bothered, yeah. bothered a lot of people. <laughs> well, the first thing is that. 
they didn't so there's only one detective that was able to kind of link these murders and say it was only one person who did this yeah while everyone else was kind of like eh, i don't know because the thing about ramirez is that until this next killing he wasn't very intimate with them like most serial killers are really intimate like ted bundy you know he would strangle beat and bite him ed ed gain was a cannibal you know all most of the serial killers and Dahmer. Like, they all yeah. got very intimate with their victims, you know? They either got to know them, or, like, the way they killed them was, like, strangling or beating, raping, and kill then killing. It was all very intimate. Well, Ramirez didn't start off like that until the, the deaths of Vincent Zazara and his wife, Maxine. He shot Vincent, and then when he went to go kill Maxine, he ended up, he killed her. And then this is when he wanted, a, a like, a trophy. Yeah. And so at first he tried to cut her heart out, but he couldn't get past the rib cage. So instead he takes her eyes and he puts it in a jewelry case and keeps the eyes. And then he fucks the dead body. Jesus. Yeah. He is sick. He, he violates it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's just, it's gross. And so two months later after this, he kind of like stops for a couple months. And then two months later, he kills Harold Wu and brutally, ra uh, brutally rapes his wife, Jean. Uh, John Wu, but he leaves her alive, and that's when he kind of started getting tagged as the Night Stalker instead of he used, he was being called the Walk-in Killer because he would just walk into their houses and kill someone. Yeah. And so, one thing that they also knew about uh, one one thing that they started noticing about him is that he would always shoot the men first because he would always kill the biggest threat. So he would just yeah. get the threat out of the way, and then he would go after the women. One of the documentaries that I watched about him, so they, uh, there was these, uh, the, the main detective that was on the case, he said they talked to two world-renowned psychologists about his killings, and both of them said that it could, it was, there was no way it was one person doing these kills, because Ramirez was so sporadic with them, because, like, sometimes he would leave the woman alive. He would either kill them through shooting them, or he would stab them, or he'd cut their throats, or he'd bludgeon them. Like, there's no true M.O. to what he did. Yeah. Besides the torture. Then, this is when his M.O. really started coming out with everything, is the, br is the brutal murderers of the elderly sisters, uh, Malviel Keller and Blanche Wolf. Went through their house. He couldn't find any. Like he didn't find any jewels. He was starting to get pissed off. So he went to when he went to go kill them. He couldn't find a knife or anything. So instead, he found a hammer. Oh Jesus! So, and he brutally, you know, bludgeons them to death with the hammer. And then afterwards, he gets one of their lipsticks and draws a pentagram on Kel on uh, Malviel's Keller's thigh and on the bedroom walls and so that's where everyone started thinking that this was a satanic cult and everything because yeah. that's when he really showed that you know satanism and everything um <laughs> and, all and so jazz. also he ended up t actually telling uh after he gets caught he would he told people that or told the police and everything that he would say a prayer to satan before every murder mm -hmm. like he would say a prayer like i do this in the name of you and stuff like that and i do this for my lord satan um Satan's like i don't even know that dude <laughs> yeah he's like where's my squirt gun <laughs> <laughs> i need my chamomile tea <laughs> um and so the next thing uh the next uh victim that was really really rough uh was ruth wilson she she was one of i would say just, she lived i'm not gonna say she was one of the lucky ones so ramirez broke into her house and she, her and her 12-year-old, she had a 12-year-old son there. And he, so Ramirez 
lock, handcuffed the son and put him in the closet and then brutally raped his mom in front of him. Ah, Jesus. You know, in the, and then stole everything. He then thanked her and left. Like he thanked her. He said that you were one of the, you're one of the better ones and then just left. Like how fucked up is that? What, <laughs> like, what, a, what an absolute monster, man. Seriously. He then went on to rape brutally rape and murder another elderly woman and sodomized and murdered another right after that and so his murder tactics were all over the place because they couldn't tell then that's why they also couldn't tell it was one person because he had no actual m like a victim type he it was just he basically i feel like he would just see a house and like you know what let's go try and walk in there you know, and that's like kind of his thing, and that's what scared the LA, the LA community so bad, because <laughs> it was like it was just so random. And what didn't help all this, because you right now you'd be thinking, well, just lock your doors, because that was the thing. He would sneak in through the windows, he'd cut the screen open, or just walk right into like unlocked doors and stuff like that. And people, you would think like just lo- shut your windows, lock the doors. Well, where he was killing people was like poor neighborhoods and everything, and this is one of the hottest summers in LA history so it was hot so and people didn't have air conditioning you know this is like early 80s that yeah. wasn't around everywhere so people would have to leave their door windows open just so they could sleep yeah he would always find a place to exploit yeah okay and then another thing that uh Ramirez loved to do during all these is he would besides just humili- humiliating them he loved to watch them suffer so like there was a several of them where he would like shoot them and just stand there and watch them till they bled out um, especially the men and then the women of course he loved to brutal physically brutalize and everything and then he would always have them praise Satan while he's doing all this he'd tell them like say your love for Satan praise Satan and all this kind of stuff this all takes place all his murders in one year so this all takes place in one year like it's fucking insane like he just did not want to stop and so in no. June and July like he went on a big spree he killed three more women slitting their throats um, he then went after 16-year-old Whitney Bennett, and she survived the beating. Like, he beat her crazily with a tire iron, and she miraculously survived. She had to get a bunch of facial reconstruction surgeries and everything. And she, fun fact, she actually ends up, uh, I believe it's the leading detective, she ends up marrying his son. Oh, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool, Yeah, right? I yeah. think that's, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. She ended up finding, you know, lo- like... Through this terrible thing, she ended up finding happiness, some kind of happiness out of it. So, um, and then July 20th, he struck twice in Sun Valley. He shot and killed a 32-year-old man, uh, Chitat Asawaham. I think that's how you say it. And his wife, uh, Sakima, uh, she was beaten and forced to perform oral intercourse. Uh, Ramirez then collected valuables and left. He left her, I'm guessing he left her alive. Um, later in the same day, uh, he had then attacked a Glendale couple, Max and uh, Kneading, and his wife, Leela. Um, they were both shot and mutilated. Oh, man. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, then, then here comes the start of his downfall a little bit. And this, these two people are fucking bad-ass motherfuckers. So on 8, August 6th, he breaks in, shoots Christopher Peterson in the neck and his wife in the face. She literally just turns around and asks him, like, what the fuck just happened? Like, what's wrong? Like, they don't know what happened to themselves. Yeah. Like, they don't know they're shot. They were asleep. Ramirez was just standing there watching them because he thought he got them enough to where he could just watch them die. So he didn't even reshoot them. Oh, Jesus. And he's standing there watching them. And so then the husband, Chris, sees him 
and just fucking charges Ramirez. And Ramirez shoots two more times and misses and legs it right afterwards. Like, he didn't want that confrontation. He just fucking runs. So Christopher and Virginia hop, call the cops, say what happened, hopped in their RV and just yeah. went to the hospital and got released the next day. Like, badasses. Fucking badasses. <laughs> Man. And so... How just to, how awesome is it that like finally a couple gets back at him? Yeah, right. You know. Uh huh. And um, and so he started, and so this probably just triggered him hard, even worse. Like I didn't even get anything out of that. They lived. I didn't get any any yeah. merchandise, and I didn't get to carry out he my slipped sick, up. Yep, six sadistic thing on Virginia, but so. He kind of pauses, and then on August 8th, he kills uh, Ahmed Zia and brutally assaulted his wife, uh, Sue Keish, and she, but she was able to give a good description of him this time. They actually got a good description of him, and it fit the Night Stalker description of the Night Stalker, but they still didn't have a name. So on August 24th, 1985, Ramirez travels 50 miles south, 50 miles south of L.A. to uh, Mission Viejo and broke into... The Mediterranean Village apartment of Bill Carnes, 29, and his fiance Inez Erickson, 27. Ramirez shot, uh, shoots Carnes in the head and rapes Erickson. He demanded she swear her love for Satan, and afterwards he perform forced her to perform oral intercourse. He then tied her and left. She was also able to get. She lived and was able to get and give a description of him and the car he was driving. A teenager was also able to get a uh, get and give his license plate number to the police in the same day in the same from the same incident. Nice. So now they're getting somewhere. He Good. fucked up hard. Good. Because then on the the car was then found on August 28th, and the police were able to get his fingerprint off of the rear window, rear window mirror. Um, the so you, you know your little rear window mirror thing in the front of the car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were able to finally they got a fingerprint off of it, which he normally is able to like wipe down the car he steals because he steals cars. Oh. Fun fact that I learned about this, because this can, still happens to this day. You can actually create your own master key to steal cars. Oh, it's shit. It's super easy. And it's mostly for, like, old Toyota. Uh, like we're, we're not going to tell you how to do it. Hondas. Yeah. It, 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 it's a, just that you there's can. A, yeah, there's a nifty way of how you do it. And there's, like, you can get... It, it's crazy how you can do this. And this is how he pulled it off, because... He learned it from like the time the times he was in the hotel having the master key. He's like, oh, I got to get a master key, and then he learned on the on the streets how to get make a master key to certain cars. Um, so after they got that, they were actually able to identify the fingerprint as Richard Ramirez because he's in the system because he you know he had a troubled past and everything. He had runs with the cops because of his thievery and everything and stuff like that. And also from that first rape in the hotel. His image was finally released to the press. He had no idea, and but the thing is, so he was, he was outed. They finally got an image on the in the press and everything. His childhood friends were like, "Holy shit, that's Richie!" Like they could not fucking believe it. They were just like, "I can't believe this." But he had no idea he was outed because yeah. yeah. he took a trip to Tucson, Arizona, to visit his brother, and it was he literally left the day before he got outed, so he had no idea. But when he came back, so he came back and he stopped at a convenience store um, and he was buying <laughs> buying some candy. And so he know, he then looked over and saw a newspaper article and saw his face and it said, Richard Maria is the night stalker wanted for like wanted for murder and all that shit. 
freaked the and like looked around and saw people staring at him like they knew who he was he freaked the fuck out legged it and started like yard hopping jumping over fences and he stuff he pulled a ferris bueller yeah he started jumping over fences like high fences and stuff and there were people in their houses calling the cops going he's fucking running through my yard and like shit like that and so like and then he jumped into the street Tried to steal a car from a woman, but fucking this guy runs out with a steel rod, tackles him, and clonks him in the head, and the whole street beat the fuck out of him until the cops got there. Like, literally, if the cops showed up, like, maybe two minutes later, he would have been dead. <laughs> like, they were just beating him. I would, too. Yeah, me, too. Honestly, if the cop once the cops got there, I don't think I would have been able to stop. <laughs> like, like, yo, you don't know what he did. No. So, you don't know. Yeah. Got <laughs> yeah. a moment. Yeah, kind of thing. And so he was caught, finally. The Night Stalker's reign of terror ended. Yeah. But his story doesn't. <laughs> Fucking, oh, my God. Just like Charles Manson and all these other serial killers, he had groupies. Like, gross groupies. Like, fucking, it was nasty. There was women coming well, all over the place wanting to marry him and stuff like that. There oh, was, okay. So, like... Uh, well, that, we'll also just say that they're nasty for wanting to that's mate what I mean. something like that. Yeah, that's what I mean. There was one, <laughs> uh, one, one gal... She fucking was writing him, writing to him. Yeah. Like, she wrote over 75 letters, and he, they ended up getting married. And she told him the second he dies, because he ends up, uh, the second he dies, because he ends up getting sentenced to death row. I'm going to talk about his court case. There's a, one crazy-ass fucking story that happens in the court case. But, so, they said, she said, once he dies, she's going to commit suicide, so they could always be together forever, and fucking... Go see a therapist. The like, okay, seriously, me. if you're sexually attracted to serial killers, you should probably go to see a therapist. That's not okay. Like, I, I don't mean, know. I know normally don't kink shame, but look, that's like, look, come here, on. Here's the thing, man. Like, there's a few lines you don't cross when it comes to having a kink. Murder is one of those. Yeah. <laughs> regardless <laughs> of the context, who it does it or how it's done, taking a human life. Yeah, that's being, not okay. Getting a sexual thrill, all that is a... Uh, is a definite mm -hmm. no can do so, and i will kink shame you to oblivion for yep, it me too <laughs> <laughs> um so before we get to his end his court the court case was fucking insane because so he he was one he threatened to kill the leading prosecutor and he said he was going to shoot him it was either the leading prosecutor or the judge and he did threaten both of their lives and so because of that they had to set up fucking metal detectors and they had to frisk everyone they had to basically do cavity searches on anyone and everyone coming to that case Jesus. that court that that court case and everything and then he said he was gonna he'd be able to get the jury the jurors and fucking ironically one of the jurors actually ended up dying she was murdered in her in her uh, in her apartment Jeez. and everyone was like holy shit does he actually have links to the outside like did he do this luck i mean not luckily but she actually there he wasn't tied to her murder she was actually killed in a murder suicide from her boyfriend so it's like just a fucking coincidence of that yeah and like the juror who replaced her she didn't want she's like i'm not going home until like this is done and he's in jail she was afraid to go home all the jurors were afraid because of this yeah i but, mean why wouldn't you be mm -hmm. that's why I, I mean that's why i would just take the motel at that point and be in an undisclosed location mm -hmm. um so he was in he ended up being sent he got sentenced to death 
Sadly, he did not make it to his death sentence. Well, I'm not even sadly. Actually, it's good. Um, he ended up dying from in the hospital from lymphoma on June 7th, 2013. He had a lot of things wrong with him. He had hepatitis C. I mean, fucking, he, all he ate was candy, drugs, and drink Mountain Dew. And so there was a lot wrong with him. Something was going to take him out at that point. Well, you know what? Um, Sorry, but, go ahead. I was gonna say, but also... I kind of find it, I'm like glad he died, he died that way and stuff too, because um, I think it was like really, really, it was close, his death came super close to California abolishing uh, the death penalty. So I was like, he still died. <laughs> so that's yeah. good. He wouldn't get put to death, but he still died from something. You know what's one thought about that though that makes me really uncomfortable? Huh? Is that... So he died from lymphoma, and he had all these diseases, mm -hmm. and it makes me wonder... It, it makes me fearful that what if he, during the things oh, he, he did... Oh, totally yeah, he know, totally did. Yeah, you know, he passed stuff. something on, could you... I, like, that's just so... Like, I'm not trying to, like, shame or make anyone feel bad in any sort of way, but just, like, because of the context of how they would have received it... Oh, uh, fuck, man. Yeah, like, that's just a bit rough, man, in my opinion. Like, yeah. The, I mean, it's all rough. It's not like there's any preferable way it should have gone. No, you but, know? like, still, like, that would... That's just, like, icing on it, top yeah, of the shit it just feels so... For, the, for the, those survivors. It just feels like such a robbing thing, mm -hmm. you know? Like, it, like, that's something that... Like that's a different type of scar, and mm -hmm. I just I feel so I feel so bad for everybody who, who had to survive and go through that. Like I'm not trying, like I'm not trying to be pandering, but it's just like, it's just again, man, like the trauma of going yeah. through that. Like I can only imagine like what that's like, and again the fact that lymphoma took him out. I don't yeah, know, I know. man, like I kind of. It's almost it's almost like the, disappointing that he didn't go out super violently or had right. a painful death. Like but I hope so, it was not, painful. Yeah, like, I hope it was painful. I hope he felt every second of that until he died. Yeah, like not trying to be like, like too and morbid I hope, and, and whatnot. Oh, I, I'm gonna be a little morbid about no, it. No, I mean, I, I mean, truly hope that nurse just stood there watching him, and said, "This is how they felt." No, I'm, I'm more so. <laughs> I'm more so mean, like not trying to be morbid in the sense of wanting loss of life. Yeah. Within. Uh, within a life force but in this case like yeah but like you, you just you, it's something where you really want you really it's kind of like you wanted him to have a much more brutal death yeah than the ones that he gave out and yeah you know, i think that's just kind of like like you gotta be fucking kidding me he got yeah. he got a good he essentially it kind of feels like he got the coward's way out yeah kind of, that's how it almost feels like, like and, but, I'm and and i'm in a no 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 way am i trying to talk about anyone who has had to deal with lymphoma and who has passed away from it. Anyone no. else, you know, that's a very different struggle that we're talking about. I'm talking about, like, exclusively this terrible person. Yeah. Should have, like, I don't know, lethal injection, electric chair, whatever, man. Oh, uh, shit. I think well, electric chair was, uh, wasn't allowed by the time. Yeah. No, what I think, I think the cops should have just let that mob just beat, beat him to death. <laughs> just, I think they, well, if I was one of those officers, I'd be like, Who? <laughs> like of all the times that you want that you know police brutality to be coming right. out and stuff like that right. perfect time right <laughs> but no let's go ahead and uh, yeah. beat up the dude that supposedly has a fake dollar yeah or the you know the kid who has a pair that's apparently a hand grenade okay sorry right. well, anyways well, so well, one hey, thing yeah, that i do just... want to talk about uh when it comes to richard ramirez also like one thing that a lot of people uh, they they argue about with him is like was he truly born evil or was it like nurture or nature, because the thing is like oh uh, there were similar people Sorry. have gone through a lot of the things that he went through as a kid and don't murder, 
don't kill people, you know, stuff like that. I, I honestly, and, I, I think it was a developmental thing. I oh, think, I truly believe it was developmental. Like, in, in no way am I, and like, again, because like, yeah, he had a serious brain injury and like, who knows what his mom inhaled and if that really did affect the pregnancy in any way. Yeah. But like... Like, I mean, you, you kind of can link it to that just because but, of well, the, hold the, on. all of his siblings are born sick. So like you have but, you have that's like uh, like is a seasoning I guess or whatever. Yeah. But like the the real ground of it is like how he grew up, where he grew up. Oh yeah. And a lot of those experiences. He that didn't he, have a chance. No nah, man. A kid. He, he had a real again not making the case for him, but like no he no had there's a no real, excuse for what the fuck yeah, he did. He had no a real, excuse. He had because a real, again, uh, rough one. There's there's uncountable amount of people that have yeah. gone through similar situations or something worse or yeah or even worse because they would it, it's not known if he was sexually assaulted when he was a kid by that teacher you yeah. know and there's people that have been and stuff like that and that went through all the same similar things that he did and then had worse that never killed anyone right. but he did and honestly i truly believe that his uh his cousin mike was the biggest influencer on that because that was his idol. He yeah. showed him these brutal rapings and stuff that he did in Vietnam. Well, see, that's the thing about uh, psychopaths, man, is that they they know what they're doing, but they still act without a moral code. Mm-hmm. And I know it's still one of like the most like hot type of like uh, realms of true crime mm-hmm. in general of like what's discussed and you know trying to just like expand it on more, just trying to figure out why they think that way and how that happens mm-hmm. in order to get more ahead of it. But just like uh, again, man, like, you would have to have, like, no moral compass. No, and he didn't have one. And one of the other craziest things, like, this is, like, one of the things that's super upsetting about him. He's He was also, he was actually fairly in, semi-intelligent, but the thing was is that he, stud, he studied murder. That's all he yeah. did. He, he had vast knowledge of serial killers that were known of the time, you know? And then he also had so, vast knowledge of murders and stuff Real like quick. that. Real quick, so hold not on. only did Richard Ramirez give a bad name to rock and roll, yes. not only did he get a bad name to Satan, which I'm not saying this, I'm just saying, just yeah. naming him off, and not only did he give a bad name to others, but now he's giving a bad name to all these true crime addicts that yes. obsess over murders. Yes. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> they have anything nice. <laughs> no. <laughs> if there was something nice, Richard Ramirez ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Leave your yeah. door unlocked was another thing, so there's four. Yeah, there's four. So, yeah, that's that's the fucked up tale of Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. All Glad right. he's dead. And, you know, honestly, I feel like... Okay, so one thing when I when talking about serial killers and stuff, and just like all, our, all us true crime fanatics and stuff, you know, it all, there's always that one small little thing inside me that's like, this is kind of fucked up that we're, like, watching this and stuff like that. Right. You know, and getting really into it and listening to all this and talking about it like this. But I also think that it's actually pretty... I think it's almost important to talk about people like this and stuff like that. Well, it's Mostly just because Yeah, it's educating. So we know, again... To not repeat the past. Yeah. That's the point of talking right. about this and stuff right. like that. And also, so we remember. And the the biggest thing that I want to want to talk about when it talks about when we talk about serial killers on here or listen to serial killers and stuff, you got to remember the victims are the most important people of this, and they they're the ones that need to be remembered. Like they're the ones you know their lives got affected, their families' lives got affected. So we always, always, always send all as much love and passion and care to all these families that were affected mm-hmm. by these motherfuckers. So 
that's one thing you got to remember is the victims that came out of this like they 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 need the help and the prayers and whatnot so just remember them remember that they got affected by this terrible person and that they are trying to get yeah. past this and have happy lives as much as they can so i hope all of those the survivors and the families of the victims are doing great now and doing as best as they can right. and everything and they moved on and they've moved on and they've moved on with their lives and had happy happy lives right so yeah wanted to end on that <laughs> right. cool scouts, immunes, you know how it goes at this point um but real quick we're gonna change it up we do have a new shirt at our teespring store uh, it is the cody zilla shirt you can get cody himself as a godzilla character kaiju fighting a giant rubber duck it's hilarious it's beautifully done by our artist megan who is also listed in every episode now so you can check out her work as well um it is available still make sure you get one comes in a variety of colors um we all also are going to be having some new stickers. These stickers that we're really excited about are actually from a mascot of the show herself. So you might have heard it in a few episodes uh, yeah, every now and then when we record at Cody's. Uh, Patches now in the background, the residential Pat cat. Patches, my, tra my trash goblin. So now we have stickers of Patches available. <laughs> So uh, on our Teespring as well. My sure. favorites are Derpy Vampires. <laughs> yeah, we're actually going to be getting some of those stickers as well and be putting them in mystery boxes for new patrons. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get on top of that as well, instead, go over to our Patreon. And just for an $8 a month supporter, you'll get a mystery box that's customized especially for you with the mystery horror movie. Thank you letter from us and filled with a bunch of goodies inside that we know you as a horror fan are going to like. That on top of that, if you want to keep up with everything that we're, we're else doing, it, make sure you like us and follow us on Facebook at Punk Rock Horror Podcast on Twitter, official PRHP, or on Instagram, Punk Rock Horror Podcast, hashtag PRHP Podcast. You can also follow me at the Undead Matt on Instagram. I sometimes post funny stuff or if you want to tell me what you would buy satan to piss him off <laughs> let me know over on my instagram at the undead man um the website is like i said continually being rebuilt and being you know updated um from the ground up so it's still available for access so if you cannot listen to our show on any other platform or for some reason you're going to a moment where you aren't able to listen to us you can go to our website and actually download episodes for free on the go um, what you do is just look up punkrecordpodcast.com we have four pages of all of our content that we have ever released so if there's actually so we are aware that there's some content that is missing on itunes Mm -hmm. that is not our deal we well, i honestly we don't know why that's happened but it just has but you can find all Fuck of our episodes the whole catalog on our website punkrockhorrorpodcast.com and you can learn about some of the people that work behind the team and keep the show going um that we just love and, and praise so again ghouls gals creeps and moons like thank you so much for hanging out with us and letting us talk about horror with you we will talk about the spooks and the scares with you next time bye bye <laughs>